Welcome to the 9 to 5 Joy podcast. I am Mappy Garcia. And I'm Christine Selby. We're on a mission to make the workplace more joyful. This episode, we're going to be taking some time to reflect on our visit to Menlo Innovations and our interviews with Rich, Lisa, and Annika. We've had a really special couple of days and we've spent a lot of time reflecting and talking about, and honestly, this episode could probably be like two to five hours, but we've done we've done a lot of work to make it as succinct as possible and really share some of our biggest ta- takeaways and the things that we think are going to be most helpful for you, the listener. So Moppy, mm-hmm. reflecting on your time uh, and the interviews at Menlo, what, what was something that was a big takeaway for you or something you want to share with our audience? Well, I think that the first thing I want to really share and express is how grateful I am that we were able to yeah. come here and to see this in person because we have been talking about joy at the workers for a long time in this podcast specifically for about nine months and uh, we've had people share what experiences they've had that are joyful how they have built joy um, you know how their environment supports it um, and I think in the back of my mind, I always sort of knew that it was possible to be in an environment that is intentionally built around yeah. joy, but I hadn't seen it, right? And I don't think it's something that's easy to see. So experiencing a space, physical space, emotional space, and workspace that it's really a living, breathing example of a joyful workplace. It's just something that I was honestly, like I just didn't think it was possible. Yeah. And it is, and they have built it. And as soon as you walk into the door, you can feel it, you can sense it, you can see people engage in their work, you can see them collaborating. Um, You know, there is is this energy in Mm -hmm. the place that really allows you to feel that they are in flow, that they are, you know, building something that's meaningful to them. And uh, I think from the moment that we walked in to being part of the 10-minute, you know, um, meeting that they do every day at 10 a.m., seeing them the way that they engage with us, that they were engaging uh, with each other and everything else, of course, that we heard from Rich and uh, Lisa and Annika just confirmed that, building a joyful workplace is possible, that um, it takes a lot of intentionality. Mm-hmm. It takes some very specific strategies that don't have to be the ones that Menlo has implemented mm-hmm. necessarily. Some of them definitely seem like the way to go, uh, but it's more than the strategy itself. It's about, do you have people that are clear on this is what we want and this is how we're gonna achieve yeah. it? and are not afraid to implement it. They are not just going with the, oh, things are just the way they are. Corporations are just terrible places to work. No for profits are just, they just don't have the resources to think about joy. That's all BS. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can build joyful, humanly sustainable workplaces. Mm -hmm. And we saw that at Menlo. So it's just very, it, it, it fulfilled us in terms of showing us that it is possible and that this yeah. mission that we have is absolutely yeah. doable yeah. if people are clear on what they want and how they're going to get there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. What about you? What was your main takeaway? Well, for me, so I have read both of the books that Rich has written 
before going. So I had a pretty good idea of, or at least I had a concept of what I thought I was going to see and had, had already been blown away by like reading the books and going, oh, wow, they've done such a great job with this. So you walk in and you see visual representations on the wall of where they are with their projects. You see people pairing, which is one of the main strategies that they use. They're working together on things. You see the stand-up meeting at 10 a.m. where everybody's going around and sharing. You see all these systems in place. And so for me, I came to a much deeper understanding, I think, of how when you use systems really well, they create the environment where people can come to work and they can instead of having to worry about what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to do it? All of that is very clear. And I can just come and I can share my skills and I can share my thinking and my contributions towards what's very important here is towards the end goal, which every single system that they have is set up. And you said something that I thought was really compelling earlier, which is that every system gets you to an interaction towards that end goal. And I think seeing that in action was really powerful. And it's really clear to me how that develops joy because then you've got human interaction, you've got productivity, you're moving together towards something. And I think innately, that's something that all of us as humans want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It was so powerful to me to see like all the visual cues mm -hmm. of where we're at, where we're going, where are we stuck? And the having the, um, sort of community agreement on this is how we communicate. Mm -hmm. And um, and we are, everything is a reminder of we're working towards the same thing, which takes us to one of the points that we really wanted to emphasize and highlight, which is, you know, it was fascinating to see or learn about their hiring process. And uh, to me, it was one of the most uh, tender moments of the interview where we asked um, Rich about, you know, like the, um, I don't remember what the question was, but it was something in the lines of, you know, how do you go about selection or like, what do you, how do you go about accountability for, mm -hmm. um, you know, what you're trying to build here? And he was like, oh, hold on a minute. I'm going to go bring something. Uh, so he goes and brings the kindergarten report cards for the employees. I'm assuming the ones that got their moms to find them. <laughs> and he starts reading some of those things in there. And to me, it was just such a full circle moment because we have been talking about kindness. We have been talking about collaboration. We have been talking about seeing the other person and being able to connect with them. And um, those are all the skills that our teacher looks for when we're in kindergarten. <laughs> so um, to me, you know, and I think to us, the fact that they have that as one of the drivers on selection of new people that come in, the fact that they take their, um, you know, selection process so seriously that it's a huge investment on their part. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, at least there is like the one full day where people come in and have the pairing and then another full day for them to work with an actual mental employee. And then the weeks that they have for, um, you know, just confirm that there is alignment. So when I was thinking about it, it's like everybody in that organization, as part of the role is to, you know, um, bring people in. Mm -hmm. It's to select people. So thinking about how they are, again, intentional, and again, 
it's very visible what they're looking for. Everybody knows that what they're looking for when it comes to new people coming in is that they're able to collaborate, that they're going to put the team before my own sort of achievement or that they actually think about their own achievement in terms of like what we achieve as a team. And that those are like, that's the criteria. Mm -hmm. That's the selection criteria Mm -hmm. to be able to work there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the first thing they tell them is, your job, you're paired with somebody who's also interviewing, right? And your job is to help them get a second interview. Exactly. Isn't that like, just, it's just amazing at so many levels, because I feel that, again, it's sending this very clear message of this is what we prioritize Mm -hmm. from the moment that you're applying to a job there throughout. Like, it's clear that the most important thing is that we're able to work together that we're able to work together towards the same end. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, their measure of joy is whether we were able to deliver on what the client needed. And they even went into the client may change what they needed or may have a, a product that is not when they have it and they go like, oh, this is exactly what we thought we needed, but it's not what they have mm-hmm. needed. They'll be able to course correct yeah. and to adjust and to really see their success mm-hmm. as in what effect it had Mm -hmm. on the end user to me it's just like mind-blowing yeah it's something that can be applicable to any industry so just this yeah this thinking of team like truly team and not the team before like e is part of team and whatever like what we hear everywhere right but then when it comes to selection you have like the one person interviewing Mm -hmm. and then somebody else does a second interview and they ask the same questions or when he also brought up the example about the performance review that's something that really really hit home for me because he used it as an example of how even if the organizations are talking about teamwork Mm -hmm. when it comes to performance reviews it's clear that people are being put against each other yeah that they're comparing against each other and that you know like whatever happens in once a year is going to determine whether they succeeded or not, uh, which will like basically contradict everything mm-hmm. that you're trying to do around teamwork. Right. So I think that that's something that we definitely wish our audience can reflect on and think about yeah. going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, as I was, as I was kind of taking it all in and thinking about specifically the idea of pairing, which we've talked about is so powerful and gets at so many things. Um, I was considering my experiences in the the world of education and Mm -hmm. teaching in schools and thinking that system has the ability, if we were to, in our education system, establish pairing and say, and we've done it a little bit, right? We say like co-teachers, but if we really said every single teacher is going to work with another teacher every day, all day long, they're going to share the work of lesson prep. They're going to share the work of evaluating students. They're going to share the work of instruction. I think that that would transform the education community. And I think you would get a lot of pushback. You would get teachers who would say, I don't want to do that. You would get administrators or people at the you know policy level who'd say, we can't afford that. But I think that that's just not true. <laughs> I think I think that um, it's something that if we were to really think about as um, as something for the benefit of kids mm-hmm. going to joy being the be- the end product, yeah. Yeah. that it would be a no-brainer. Because yeah. I, I had a, a professor in grad school who said, isolation is the enemy of improvement. 
Hmm. And I think in that, in, in the field of education, especially, we get teachers who end up being isolated all day. And those are the people who are supposed to be pouring into our kids. Yeah. And so for me, when I, when the question of like, how would we implement something practically into the field that came to my mind immediately. And I think it's something that's really compelling. Uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe I'll do something like that one day. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you will. Uh, and yeah, I think that you're getting to, again, this human sustainability, Mm -hmm. um, responsibility Mm -hmm. of the workplace as we started talking about rethinking work and rethinking the possibilities and, you know, bringing back that human essence to everything that we do. We don't stop being human because we are at a workplace and, you know, whatever happens in our personal lives is still is a part of us and who Mm -hmm. we are. So seeing also how there was flexibility around that and about embracing like our whole experience and also Mm -hmm. accommodating to it so that we can bring our strengths and shine. Yeah, um, I think what's a big message yeah. uh, throughout and what you just said about isolation, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that we as a society are struggling so much yes. with being isolated, with, um, you know, feeling that we have to do it on our own with this competition. And, and I believe that a lot of the answer as far as building relationships, building community, collaborating and truly moving that purpose, which again mm-hmm. is what's linked to the joy um it's possible and it's not possible but it's required if we want to thrive yeah and i think you know we asked rich the same question of like Mm -hmm. how would if you were advising uh, another company or coming as a consultant what what would you say what would you tell people prioritize and he you know he he didn't have a big fancy answer Mm -hmm. he just said well it starts with the heart you know, the leader has to look inside and say, if I want to make these changes, what's happening in my heart? And am I able to, um, am I, am I then willing to take whatever risks or make whatever changes I need to, to make things better? So I, I would say to our listeners, um, it starts with a heart. So think about where are you a leader? Because you're a leader somewhere mm-hmm. and you have the ability to bring joy somewhere. Um, and consider how, how your motivations and how you can take your motivations and make the changes that you want and know that people will support you and you can take risks. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're willing to make mistakes sometimes and make them faster, you're going to get to a better result. Mm -hmm. And I will definitely encourage people to read the books. You know, um, I think that Rich has done an incredible job at walking his talk yes that's part of what we saw on menlo they also provide trainings and coaching to organizations and um it can be obviously remote so they i think are a great resource for people who want to truly create joyful environments uh and granted like some of the strategies may not apply to your in may 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 not be you know doable or like may not be a priority for you right now but if you, as Christine is saying, independently of the role that you're playing in your organization, if you look within and agree and are in alignment with, you know, work could and should be dif- different and what do I need to do internally and what do I need to do in my immediate relationships and how can I contribute to my environment to become more joyful, there are strategies, they are out there. And uh, listening to this podcast is definitely um, a beginning, hopefully, and we can 
you know, just get you closer to those tools. Uh, but we really feel that a lot of what they're doing as far as very specific strategies and things that you can do are very actionable, easy, I will say, to take in, even if the implementation of them has many challenges throughout, if you're clear on what your purpose is, why you're using it, and then, you know, start talking to people about them and bring them in. I think they can really make a difference um, for any type of workplace. So we really want to extend that invitation to you. Listen again to the episode um, that we recorded with Rich, the one that we recorded with Lisa and Annika. Read the books. And we are going to try to keep sharing information about this because there was just so much.